We're getting ready to go back to school. And so there's one thing on my mind and the minds of many parents across the country. And in fact, some kids in the U.S. have already gone back to school. They go back to school before Labor Day, which is just, anyway, it's not my preference. But nonetheless, you're probably thinking about screen time versus homework. Well, a recent study from researchers in Western, at Western Ontario found that children have been spending almost triple the recommended amount of screen time during the COVID-19 pandemic. And this study was published in the Journal of Affective Disorders Reports. And the research found that on average, children had nearly six hours of screen time each day. And some children in the study were on their screens even longer at a staggering 13 hours a day, if you can believe that. My my question is, <laughs> I mean, is this any kind of babysitter? What are the parents doing? These are shocking findings. But joining me on the line, I'm delighted to say, is Jennifer Flanagan, and she is the CEO at Actua, and she is here to dissect some of the results of this and how to keep your kids safe online. Good evening, Jennifer. Thanks for joining me. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's wonderful to have you. Thank you so much. And this is a critical time uh, yeah. in the summer, kind of toward the end of summer. We're transitioning over the, you know, the uh, pandemic is, you know, kind of becoming endemic. And um, and so kids are getting back to school and there's going to be fewer restrictions. There's going to be a little bit more mm-hmm. normal, if you will. But one of the side yeah. effects of the pandemic was that kids increased their screen time. And this can mm-hmm. impact quality of life, it can impact mental health, it can impact mm-hmm. their grades. So what are some of the signs that kids are spending too much time online? Well, I mean, you, you, you made so many uh, important points in your introduction, and I'll, I'll just spend some time on a few of them. I think one of the, one of the key points here is that the true pandemic, this has been of course, abnormal situation, you know, a context that we've never seen before, hopefully we're not going to see again. And, you know, it, it, it wasn't only kids being online for school, you know, online, not just for kids, but for all of us was the way that we did everything. You know, we connected, we socialized, we, we participated in the external world uh, through through a screen. And that was our only choice for a long time. And, and you know, kids, unfortunately, have have had um, have a, had an even harder time with this because school has been uh, so disrupted. And so I just, I, you know, I want to reassure people that despite the studies that are there and the concerns that are extremely valid, and we'll talk about those concerns, um, some of this is going to improve by virtue of schools going back in person and kids not being online, not just the schools going back in person, but we have to remember all of the after-school activities, all of the, the clubs and the sporting events and the things that happened on weekends that um, were just virtually non-existent for the past three years. And unfortunately, a lot of that time was filled with excessive screen time. And so we need to we need to recognize that a lot of that is going to change by virtue of the context. But then we also have to be really aware of what those impacts have been and start to counter um, counter those things. So you know you you ask the question what's you know what are some of the signs I'm online? I mean kids, so they're you know they have physical complaints and and you know I I I have two children and I've been through this pandemic and have kids who are spending too much time on screens despite my you know my background and the knowledge that I have, but. You know, they, they have sore eyes and they have sore necks and they have phys- literal physical symptoms 
they're also, you know, we you have to watch out with teenagers in terms of, you know, being too secretive or hiding phones or seeming to have, you know, secret Insta account or not Insta, but social media accounts writ large. Um, uh, you know, just any kind of changes in behavior that um, you can see. And this is, you know, outside of pandemic, really making sure this is not just too much screen time, but if something was going wrong online or if they were in a situation that wasn't safe or somehow potentially harming them, um, it's really important to watch for those, you know, those changes, changes in behavior. That's all. I mean, there's two kind of separate active or two separate topics happening here. There's so much to talk about, but that one topic is kids that have been all, uh, on screens a lot. There's going to be impacts, you know, the physical impacts, the impacts on mental health and the impact on how they're doing in school. Um, and it, that's all tangled up with school disruptions. And then there's the other side, which is keeping kids safe online when they are online. Absolutely. My concern here is that uh, kids increase their screen time during the mm-hmm. pandemic and they're on YouTube and they're on, you know, watching YouTube videos and they're playing games and they're, you know, also did some schooling, I'm sure. Um, but for the kids who are spending 13 hours a day, that that mm-hmm. smells like addiction to me. And so mm-hmm. that, that's the one question is that how do you know if your child is addicted? But then the second thing, interesting, you mentioned some of the signs and symptoms. Now, teenagers in particular are tired, but when a child is overwhelmingly tired or more tired than the rest, um, you know, more tired than the normal uh, teenager and, and exhibits it mm-hmm. in, you know, extreme laziness, you know, inability to get out of bed in the morning, you know, disorganization, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my first question around that addiction is how difficult is it to transition from spending so much time online to even though school is back and activities are back and, and sports are back and that kind of thing, but is the child going to be able to make that transition? And then the second thing is, is that fatigue something that we should look out for? Is it normal for these kids to be this exhausted? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I do think, you know, um, the study, and I think it's it's important to be, um, you know, to look at the data carefully. It, you know, 13 hours a day was not the norm. <laughs> that was, you know, kids had expressed, you know, some kids had expressed using screens up to 13 hours a day. They're simply not going to have that much time to be on screen. So there's going to be an element here of just simply, you know, not having access to the screens the way that they have for the past couple of years by virtue of being out of the house. That is going to change. There's no question. Um, it is, and it's absolutely possible to scale to scale that back. You know, when we talk, I talk to parents all the time to say, you know, if you if you need to assess your own child, and you need to consider other aspects in their life. So, you know, their grades, their fitness level, where you think their mental health is. You know, do they have a tendency for risky behavior at, depending on the age that they're at? Because we know that, you know, the, their brain development does impact. Um, you know, how much risk they take or how, how they can assess whether something is safe for them or not. So it's, it's important that we, you know, that each parent assess their own child for those things. And if they think it is too much because their grades are impacted, they are not healthy, they're not getting enough exercise, then they need to take steps to scale that back. And that's just, you know, depends on the age, but that's as simple as, you know, it's simple to say, not easy to enforce, but critical to enforce, just as we would if there was any other, you know, thing they were partaking in that was that was not healthy. Um, you you work to scale that back, and you can do it slowly. You can do it over time, and um, you know, uh, like I said, I, I do 
I want to reassure parents that are listening that I do think that a lot of this will improve going going back to um, school with more with more consistency. Um, and you know, the the tiredness uh, piece is it's shocking. It's shocking to have a teenager. And I know you know we talk to a lot of parents. We look at a lot of studies. I have a 13 year old. Um, they are they require a lot more sleep and they are tired and the stress level that they have been under has increased that, you know, need to sleep. And um, so I think, again, it is, um, it, it is very child dependent. And if, if you, if a parent is concerned that their child is, is sleeping too much, then, then they need to, to take steps to, to figure out what's going on there. And maybe it is an exercise or a physical fitness issue, or maybe it is something else happening, but um, it, it, it very much is about balance, and it is also about, uh, the, the last point I'll make is it's what they're in, undertaking online. So not all screen time is equal. There are things that are more positive to engage with online, and there are things that are more negative. And I think those are really important conversations that parents should be having with kids, you know, as soon as they're using these devices. Um, and, and an ongoing conversation that needs to be had is, you know, how are you spending that time online? So watching mindless YouTube videos versus doing something that is more productive or that involves learning or that is, you know, being done in a group or has some social aspect to it uh, is very different. My guest is Jennifer Flanagan. She is the CEO of Actua Canada. And we are talking about the excessive time children spend online and what you as parents can do about it. Thanks so much for staying with me, Jennifer. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. So next up, um, you know, some parents feel powerless against mm-hmm. uh, setting limits and healthy boundaries. There may be circumstances in the family where the parents are stressed. And in fact, I believe, according to that study by uh, Western University of, of Western Ontario, um, that they did find that the more stressed the parents were, the more screen time uh, children spent. So if parents had financial issues or, or there were other, uh, issues going on, if there's bullying going on at school, I suppose, or other, um, issues going on with other children in the family, perhaps, or, or conflict between the parents, you know, that may impact a child's screen time. And, um, but you know, so sometimes parents are exhausted. They're dealing with their own stuff. They don't want to say no because they want their kids to be their friends as opposed to parenting the child. Um, and, and that's a very common thing. And, and, you know, kids are so different today and every generation says it, you know, we walk to school 10 miles and, you know, 10 foot of snow um, mm-hmm. compared mm-hmm. to getting <laughs> dropped off, <laughs> getting in the lineup yeah. of Range Rovers and dropping the kids off. <laughs> um, so, you know, think times are different for kids today. And that big thing about setting mm-hmm. limits and boundaries. So how important is it uh, for you know, parents to take a look at themselves and then also, you know, do the children a, what I think is a service by saying no, by setting healthy limits and boundaries. And and the only tip that I heard recently that was great was from Al Roker, who's on the Today Show <laughs> in the States. Yeah, yeah. And he said, you know, yeah, because people were saying, you know, tell kids they can't be online after eight o'clock or nine o'clock. And then he said, turn the Wi-Fi off, which I thought that's brilliant. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. I like that kind of discipline disciplinary action <laughs> on the part of the parents. Yeah. Um, how important is that for parents to set limits on screen time? Uh, I, guess, I mean, I think that I, I've heard all kinds of, we've 
we've heard all kinds of tips like that, or, you know, you get the, you get the Wi-Fi password when you're done your, you know, you're done your homework or you're done your whatever tasks at home you've been given. Um, and again, it, it is so dependent on the child and the household and what's going on in the household. And, and, you know, we have seen those studies that show that, um, you know, parents who are experiencing more stress in the house or who they themselves, and, and, you know, that, that makes, that makes a ton of sense. If you're, trying to manage work and you're trying to manage online school and you're trying to, you know, you're concerned about your job or your finances or, you know, just people in your circle being sick or, you know, worse than that. Um, it's incredibly stressful. And I, I would certainly don't want to put any more blame or stress on, on parents. Um, but they can have very clear and, and very, um, you know, clear boundaries, clear expectations for what, um, what screen time happens uh, in, in their house. So that is just a, a, that is about setting those expectations as a family and, and having some that, you know, cover school days or cover weekends and holidays. Um, and, and sets out, you know, when do we have phones or devices and when do we not again, age dependent. Um, it's really easy to say to a much easier to say to a seven-year-old look, you know, you've got one hour of TV or one hour of games or whatever that one hour of screen time is going to be, then then you take that away and, and, and give them something else versus a teenager who's using that device mm-hmm. to often, you know, in the case of, of my kids and many other kids, they're, they have group work to do for homework. They have, you know, they're, they're talking to their friends that way. Um, they're using it to, to do homework. Now it's a slippery slope and we all know, cause we've ourselves been teenagers and we've had other teenagers in our lives, right? It's, it's a very easy, mm-hmm. um, you know, to slip in a little uh, YouTube watch or a little TikTok uh, in between that homework. So it's, <laughs> it's having those expectations and following up on that, being a good role model yourself. We all, you know, are, are struggling to name many of us and myself included. When do I use my device? When do I not? So in my house, you know, there's no devices in bedrooms at night, for example, like they get charged elsewhere. Um, there's no devices at dinner table. And that's, I mean, that sounds ludicrous to a lot of people like, no, do I, like, you know, why do you even have to say that? But that, that, believe me, that is, you know, that is a huge, that's a huge change for some families who are used to having oh, kids at tables with devices. I mean, just the, we just do not have devices at table, you know, at the, at, at the table, yeah. um, creating screen free zones in the house. Right. So um, it, it's, it's a question of what works in your house, setting those expectations and following through on them, but also being realistic. We have to be aware that kids are how, how and why they need to use those devices. Um, And, you know, uh, having an ongoing conversation with them about what they are doing online and how they're keeping themselves safe. So I, you know, these two conversations go hand in hand, how much time they have um, online and, and what they're, what they're doing. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up. And, and I agree with you at the, uh, no phones at the dinner table and, and other, uh, other limits. And as in, well. in the bedroom at um, night because, is really key. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I definitely know the, <laughs> that, that is an issue. That is a big issue, but yeah, you know, it's hard. These are tough conversations that parents have to have with their children. Mm-hmm. But, but the other mm-hmm. aspect of that is online safety, which you touched upon yeah. a little bit, sextortion, mm-hmm. you know, and why mm-hmm. parents should be aware of it. Oftentimes people are in denial and they just think that they're on TikTok, that they're on YouTube or they're harmless. Um, and, mm-hmm. and that in and of itself can impact mental health as we know, mm-hmm. but keeping kids safe online is a worry that a lot of parents may not think could ever happen to their children. But we know um, 
you know, from other, from cases in the media, mm-hmm. for sure, that mm-hmm. they do, that does happen. Children are at risk for that. And, and I would imagine that the longer they're online, the bigger the risk there is. Mm-hmm. And the data is very, very compelling and clear on this. The Canadian Center for Child Protection, who, who is one of the major agencies that tracks this, they run cybertip.ca. So the number of reported cases of, of cyber uh, victimization of kids has gone up, you know, 300% in the last decade, but the most sharp increase has been during the pandemic. So this is, these are cases of, of cyberbullying, cybercrime, you know, uh, sextortion, as you mentioned, which is a massive, uh, massive problem that, you know, I, first and foremost, I want parents to like really listen to how serious this can be and how it can impact any child. Like, you, it, you know, so many parents, like you said, say it's not going to happen tonight. My kid would never send an online photo, you know, that was uh, compromising. Like, yeah, they're, they're, they they would and they could because mm-hmm. of the, the how sophisticated these online criminals are. And so, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's really important that parents are aware that this is happening um, in large numbers to kids on, you know, usually starts on, on, on TikTok um, or Insta and moves to Snapchat. And so you know, we have good data on that. We know that boys are most, most often impacted, most often victimized, which is surprising because I think most people would think it's girls, but um, 92% right. of cases in the last six weeks, for example, have been boys at cyber tips. So um, wow. really, really that- critical that parents um, are having this conversation with kids and it's not too late. It is not too late ever to start this conversation um, and to, to make uh, kids aware of what, um, how important and how, how much of a role they play in keeping themselves online or safe online. And, um, that, you know, if parent doesn't know how to do that, there's so many great resources. Actual has resources on its website. Cyber tips has, um, resources. There are all kinds of things that parents can do to, um, to make sure that, you know, kids are staying safe. And if they do get into trouble, that there is an open line of communication that is there, um, so that it doesn't snowball because that's what's happening. And that, those are the horrific cases that we're seeing in the media where kids just feel like they have nowhere to go and, um, and it ends up in a tragedy. Yeah, absolutely. Jennifer Flanagan, thank you so much, CEO of Actua. I really appreciate your coming on the program and sharing all of your great tips. My pleasure.